Every Tuesday and Friday from Glasgow, Scotland, it's the high risk, high reward play every time. It's the Going For Two podcast. And here are your hosts, Nick Langdon and Ross White. Ross White here, joined by Nicholas Langdon. You get to say my own name. Oh, well, that's your name. No, it is. Give you a different name if you want, Susie. Say that for later. <laughs> We're here. We're ahead of the week four games, although we've just had one last night. What a great game between the Packers and the Bears in Lambeau Field. Oof. It was um, a great game. Yeah. You're um, going to cover that for us in a wee minute. I am going to cover that for you, everyone. Thank you very much, Nick. And. We're going to take you through all the rest of the games in week four. Uh, Everything from all the early Sunday games, the later ones, Sunday night football and Monday night football as well. We've got two and a half minutes on the clock per game. We're going to speak about what we think is going to happen in this. Yeah, absolutely. Little predictions. So without further ado, let me tell you about what happened last night on Thursday Night Football. Okay, so Ross lied to you guys. It wasn't a great game at all. The Packers win 35-14 in a very comfortable game that even featured a weather delay. Um, The Packers were up 14-0 before the Bears' second offensive play. It was just an absolute beat-down from start to finish. That was caused by Clay Matthews' sack fumble on their first play, which makes Clay Matthews the all-time sack leader for Green Bay. Um, As for the Bears, they were mistake-prone, fumbles galore, uh, four turnovers throughout the game, including a pair of very bad interceptions by Mike Glennon. Um, His first interception in this game was possibly the worst interception I've seen in a long time, certainly the worst so far this year, definitely contender for interception of the season um, in terms of how bad it was. He just did not look ready for prime time. Uh, the Packers were able to shut down the Bears running game with Jordan Howe and Tariq Cohen, uh, limiting them to uh, less than 80 yards. Um, the Packers, though, despite looking good, Aaron Rodgers throwing for less than 200 yards because it was just that easy a win, did have a lot of of injuries, uh, a particularly scary one for Devontae Adams, who ended up in hospital. However, I am pleased to say he's been reported as conscious, has feeling in all his external limbs. This was after a helmet-to-helmet hit. Um, Ty Montgomery, Packers wide receiver turned running back, uh, broke his ribs on the first drive as well. He lasted only five plays, which then meant Jamal Williams came in. Jamal Williams then came in and hurt his knee, me leaving the situation to rookie running back Aaron Jones, who on 13 attempts got 49 yards and a touchdown. But this once again seemed to be a Packers team plagued with injuries, mostly not really of their own doing. Obviously, the Devontae Adams hit wasn't anyone's fault. Uh, Jordan Nelson and Aaron Rodgers looked fantastic on the same page, uh, making big play after big play, a couple of delightful touchdowns as well. The Packers are 3-1, the Bears are 1-3, and three. 
Uh, both teams obviously heading opposite directions. The big storyline is that with 11 days to go before the next game, will we see Mitchell Trubisky in week five? Cheers, big man. Good game. Thanks for getting that one. Solid coverage, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, right. Let us get some time on the clock. Time is on the clock. All right. Two and a half minutes per game. Every single game. Every single team is going to get spoken about. And we are starting with the early games on Sunday. Specifically, in Miami. No. The... Not in Miami. At Twickenham Stadium. Oh, jeez, man. Woo! At Twickenham. It is the Miami Dolphins hosting... Well, in inverted commas, hosting the New Orleans Saints very early Sunday at Twickenham Stadium, London. This should be a good game. Uh, the Dolphins put up an absolute stinker, losing to the Jets of all people last week. And the Saints have just come off a win against the Panthers, where they look better. So I kind of see both teams being around about the same level right now. Given yeah, neither team can run the ball, apparently. Well, they could. The Dolphins ran the ball very well in Week One. Um, or oh, sorry, sorry, week two, their week one. Yeah, um, yeah not obviously game. terribly last week. The Saints actually lead uh, the rushing comparison between them, ninety-seven to seventy. But mm. that's the Saints across three games, whereas it's only two games for the Dolphins. Yeah, but the worrying thing about the Dolphins though is that they couldn't run the ball against the Jets. Yeah, that is a real concern. Now, but, now they're going, but and we saw in week one with the Saints and the Vikings that the Saints running. Mm, Actually, Dalvin Cook got quite a few yards there, didn't he? So. Exactly. Like I, this, neither team looks particularly strong. This could end up being a real wild game at Twickenham. Um, Apart from the fact that, well, the Dolphins, well, the Jets didn't really. I can't really take anything off the Jets, though, can we? Oh, it's hard to say. The the biggest. Difference... How did the Chargers do? How did Melvin Gordon do running against the Dolphins? He did all right. He got about. I know. I know the Chargers lost because they lost every game so far, but. Yeah, he did okay. He wasn't his best game. Mm, so maybe the Dolphins have got a bit of a run D, so well, we know the Saints are going to struggle there. Let's say Jay Ajayi is going to get a fair amount of yardage here. We've got Jay Cutler who's going to be getting the ball out to the very talented receivers that the Dolphins have. Such but, as uh, Devontae Parker. Yeah, but then you've got Drew Brees' passing game, which is on point. I think uh, Miami's linebackers are still an area of weakness, and I expect Drew Brees and perhaps Kobe Fleener tight end roots over the middle to make mincemeat of that area because I think that's a real weakness for them mm. it, it is going to be a close one How many, oh, we've got 30 seconds left to cover this Oh, um, do you want to know what the fans think Ross? go on the fans say that 68% of people are picking the Saints to take the Dolphins I'm going to go against the masses I am taking the Dolphins to steal this one in Twickenham Based on the fact that the last time the Dolphins played in the UK, they lost to the Jets, I am also going to take the New Orleans Saints here. Oh, it's a pick and early. Next, we move on to New England, where yeah. they host the Carolina Panthers. Panthers off a loss against the Saints, who we just spoke about, and the Patriots having just beaten Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Right, so the Patriots, this is their third home game. The first one they lost, the second one they really struggled against the Texans. Yep. At least on defence anyway. The Patriots offence, fine, doesn't miss a beat, no problems at all. The Patriots defence, oh, sketchy. However... Do the, does the Panthers' offense have enough to do anything? Well, this is the real mismatch. So, 
let's have a look at it. Offensively, the Patriots are scoring 440, sorry, not scoring, but gaining 440 yards per game versus wow. the Panthers only gaining 276. That's a massive gap. But let's look at defensive yardage allowed. The Panthers are only allowing 251 yards per game and the Patriots are allowing 461. So this is strength on strength or weakness on weakness, however you mm. look at it. Yeah, but the, the is a, the Panthers stat not a little bit skewed in the fact that they only they took six points over the first two weeks and then got smashed 34 points last week by the Saints? So yeah, is that but a little bit skewed? They also only took six points over two weeks, which in the NFL is still outstanding. So that you have to give them credit for that. All right, so we're saying that they will stop the New England Patriots offense? I think they'll give them more of a challenge than they've had so far. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots end up with somewhere in the region of sort of 24, 27 points, which, you know, that is quite a lot for mm, most teams. Yeah. But when you're the Patriots... That's not a lot. My my biggest issue here is Cam, or my biggest concern rather, is Cam Newton. Yeah, it, it's, it's mine as well. Like I said in the last podcast, he has been bad for the past 19 games, and I don't see that improving against the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> no, uh, I would expect that unless Cam Newton is back to full health and really firing all cylinders... They're and not overthrowing really... every receiver. Well, yeah, but that's a, a you know an issue with the shoulder problems... It's not. He's been doing that for ages. He's been doing that his whole career overthrowing players. Yeah, but he's, he's worse this year. Uh, it won't shock anyone that in Gillette Stadium, the majority of people are picking the Patriots. 93%, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go along with the majority. Oh, yeah, the me, Patriots. me too. Yeah. I do think it will be a relatively close affair. Um, it's a real sort of good judgment game for the Panthers to see where they are. Because if they compete in this game, then they should still be I'm, I'm just interested with the Patriots' defence overall. <laughs> Alright, so our second game of the uh, 6 o'clock ones um, that we'll be watching on Red Zone is the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to New York to face the New York Jets. This is a... Well, I don't know. I would have said this was a sad sorry affair if it wasn't for the fact that the Jaguars put up over 40 points against the Ravens last week and the Jets won a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jacksonville not exercising their right to a bye week after Wembley. Yeah, we've seen that more recently, that teams are reluctant just to carry on and keep playing. So, And instead, they're not even getting a home game. They're going uh, into New York as well. So it's what how's that going to affect Jacksonville? I'm going to say not too much because they are really used to this this journey, as we spoke about. They've won the last three games in Wembley, so they're used to the travel a little bit more. Um, I... I, the Jets' offense looked like to have a little bit more to it last week, and um, with that 69-yard bomb that McCown threw to Robbie Anderson, um, and the Jags' offense looked like it was really moving. However, Jets' defense, especially the secondary, that's going to give Blake Bortles some headaches, surely. Right, you say that, but you know what I'm more concerned about? How Josh McCown's going to do against the Jags' exactly. defense. Exactly! Right, look at this for a stat, ladies and gentlemen. Passing yards per game allowed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, just 124. 124 passing yards allowed hey, per wow. game through three games. And no one of those was against the Ravens, which might skew it because it was like less than 60. But that is a stunningly good secondary. One that's been young, it's grown up. You've got players like, players like Jalen Ramsey who are really making a difference now. Uh, AJ Bouye. Like I think that is the tipping point in this game. The Jets will just not have enough against the defense, and even though Blake Bortles will try his best, he will probably throw an interception or two, and he'll try yeah. and sink the ship. 
I think the Jags have got this game in New York. New York's party lasts one week. It's Ooh, you, are you picking the Jags? I'm absolutely taking the Jags. When was the last time the Jags had back-to-back wins? God, wow. I can only imagine. I'm trying to Google it now, and they don't. They just don't think that's a concept on Google. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm going to... Oh, nah, oh, 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 it's a humming and harring one. I think I'm going to go with the Jags. Why do I keep falling for the Jags train? <laughs> I just, because I just there's just something alluring about them. I know, I, I just... Yeah. Now, this is a game that I am so excited for. The Tennessee Titans travel to Houston to play the Texans. AFC South divisional game. Both teams expected to be in the hunt. Titans coming at two and one. Houston one and two, but they suffered a heartbreaking loss against the Patriots last week. So this should be a great game. Yeah, it's going to be the two young quarterbacks, including the rookie Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, he showed a lot last week. He showed like he's willing to take chances. He showed like he's got a lot of talent. Like we said about him moving the defense with his Ooh. eyes. He's that's mature. That's not something you see in rookies. Um, even some of the better ones, Andrew Luck maybe, but I mean, RG3 couldn't do that. Uh, Mariota looked also very good against the Seahawks defense last week. Um, yeah. Well, particularly in the second half. First half was a bit sluggish, but second half really came along. Um, the Titans offense looked really good. I mean, we spoke about those yeah. two awesome touchdowns. They were team touchdowns with good blocking. This is a tough game to really get a get a pick on. So let's go through the time on a tradition. Who do you give the edge in the passing game to right now? Passing game, I'm giving it to the Titans. I would agree with you there. Who's got the edge in the rushing game? The Titans. I would also agree. Okay, run defence? The Texans. And pass defence? The Texans. It's going to be tight. So who do you give the edge to here? I mean, it's it's strength on strength. Well, really, then that just comes down to the question, you know, what can the Texans do against the Titans? What, what can the Texans' offense move against the Titans? Mm, I'm going to say not very much. The Titans' defense was looking like it was making some strides. I mean, it was... Well, actually, no. Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns. Yeah, but a lot of that came in the second half when they were already quite a way up, so I don't okay, necessarily yeah. read too much into it. I think that if we remember back to week one, Mm-hmm. Hurricane uh, Harvey, or yeah, Hurricane Harvey, Houston's first game, and it went terribly. This is their first time they've been back in their stadium since. Right. I think they want to make amends. They've got home field advantage. To. It's a divisional game. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. I love what I saw against the Patriots last week. I want to see more. Deshaun Watson. And the Texans are getting it done two and two. I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans because I just thought that that offense looked like it was working as a unit. And I like that kind of thing. Um, Texans, see a little bit more, please. We're still yet to find out whether we're going to see Case Keenum or Sam Bradford at quarterback for the Vikings in our next game where the Vikings host the Detroit Lions in another divisional game in the NFC North. Without that knowledge... Yeah, well, we said that last week. And then Case Keenum threw for 369 yards and three touchdowns and a career performance against the Buccaneers. So, this Lions defence has been thriving on takeaways so far this season. And I don't mean like, you know, Papa John's. I mean like, you know, interceptions, fumbles, turnovers. So, it's tough. I could see them giving up yards. But I think Detroit has got the edge because I think Case Keenum, if he does play will get picked off and Sam Bradford if he does come back 
He, what kind of shape is he going to be in? Two weeks out, knee yeah, injury, true. he's pretty rusty. Yeah, but he's not exactly a, a mobile quarterback. His knees are really just there to just keep him upright. So. No, I just think if you haven't been practicing for two weeks and then suddenly you get thrown back into a game, it's not. It's going to be difficult for you to play the game. The Lions, they suffered a heartbreaking loss as well. They were so... It was the last play of the game, man. They they feel like they should have been coming in here 3-0, and but they are here 2-1, and so... It, it was the right call, but it was just gutting the way it all had to go down. Um, I think the edge in the rushing game here goes decidedly to rookie Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, easy peasy with that one. Uh, passing game is obviously about Stafford. I think oh, yeah. even with Sam Bradford in the lineup, I still think that they've got the edge there. Defensively and at home, I think the defensive edge goes to Minnesota. But logic does dictate, therefore, a Minnesota win. But I just feel regardless, whether Sam Bradford plays or not, the Lions are a better team than I gave them, and a lot of people gave them credit for this season, and I will be taking the Lions. I was just going to take whoever you didn't, because it's going to be that close. It's going to be a really interesting match-up between the two, between two, I mean, I was going to say two young teams, but it's really the Vikings are the young team that have been looking good, and the Lions have been hotter, and I think maybe the score lines for the Lions have been better than their performances have been showing. Surely this will come down to a Matt Stafford drive. Like, like I don't expect. Oh, like nice this, this is what Matt Stafford and the Lions do. Oh, they don't Prater, blow Matt Prater field goals. Oh man, oh that makes me on edge because uh, he's good. Hauschka's good though. In uh... oh no, but he's no Hauschka's in um, Buffalo. I don't know who's kicking for the Vikings. <laughs> it's not going to be that much of a difference then. So let's say the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings for a win. Let's take a trip to Jerry World. To Dallas as they host the LA Rams. Both teams coming in with the same record of two and one, which you wouldn't necessarily have expected, would you, Ross, going into the season? No, we've thought that the Rams were going to be pretty awful, but we've all been very impressed with what we've seen on offense for them. We knew the defense was going to be pretty decent uh, with Aaron Donald and the rest of the crew, but the offense. Yeah, they've overstepped the mark here. They, they've gone right. further than we, we thought. We said that the defence was going to be great, and they were great in week one against Scott Tolzien. But then they got absolutely run over by the Redskins in week two, and then in week three, okay, they won. But how many points did they give up to Brian Hoyer and the 49ers? Mm. Like, that isn't the hallmark of this great defence, Yeah, is but, it? but that was a, it's a Thursday night game early in the season. You this, just think weird things happen yeah, on Thursday Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the defence for the Rams is, is pretty legit. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has struggled to run for the Cowboys so far this year. And I know you're saying that Washington got a good run on them the other week. Oh, yeah. Washington might weirdly be the best running team in the league. Like, from what I've seen, they ran all over the Rams and they ran all over the Raiders. They so did, yeah, but... Bold. They might have a better running game than the Cowboys at this but it's going to be an interesting... No, you know, test. we know that Kansas City have got the best running team right now. Okay. Yeah. I did. Think, I forgot about Kareem Hunt. I will admit that. Um, I am going to be taking the Rams. Uh, yeah, on the yeah, road. Yeah, because I, I because I think that the simple offense is working against a defense that mm, that they this have, defense really... has been forming way above its standard. Particularly Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, who's been absolutely balling out. He has. Yeah, the defensive end for the Cowboys, the rookie. He's been playing outstanding. But is he going to be able to get young Jared Goff onto his little tush? Mm, let's see. I don't think Jared Goff's developed enough. Like Considering these are two quarterbacks that entered the league at the same time, Dak Prescott is miles ahead of Jared Goff. Yeah, for sure. Jared Goff is, like we've said before, two reads 
throw the pass out. But they're playing simple, and they know that. And they've got Todd Gurley. This could be his his game of Todd the season. Todd Gurley versus Ezekiel Elliott is a great matchup. See who comes out on top of that. Oh yeah. I'm also interested to see if Des Bryant actually bothers to turn up at all and do any receiving for the Cowboys. I am, however, taking the Cowboys at home. All right. <laughs> And on to the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Buffalo Bills. It's the undefeated Atlanta Falcons yes, hosting the Buffalo Bills. The only undefeated team left in the NFC. Obviously, the Chiefs in the NFC are the other remaining undefeated team after just three weeks. Yeah, I I don't see the Bills winning this. I think the Falcons are far too good. Yeah, I think it's... their defense has been Fast as it was last year, it's been hard. I think the offense has been playing great. With you know, Julio Jones can make catches all day long, and Matt Ryan, although he had three interceptions uh, against Detroit, yeah, we as we spoke about in the other show, they're yeah. not to say three interceptions is very harsh because two of them came on tip tip balls, and one of them was just a fantastic play. Um, yeah, by Glover Quinn. Now, do we see those fantastic defensive backs for the Bills? No, but th- like their defense has only allowed twelve points per game so far this season, uh, whereas the Falcons is allowing twenty-two. But on the other hand, in terms of points scored, the Bills only sixteen point seven, and the Falcons twenty-nine. So this is two teams that play very different games, or have been playing very different games. The Bills have been in low-scoring defensive affairs, and the Falcons have been in high-scoring, back-and-forth type matchups, as we saw against the Packers, against the Lions. I don't see that the uh, Bills can keep up, though. In Atlanta, yeah, home field, on the turf, There is to me, this is just a going to be a rampage. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing how Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman run against the Bills' run defence. And uh, But I'm also looking forward to see how Tyrod Taylor fares against a really good defence like this. Because we've, we, I think we've seen enough from Tyrod Taylor to know that he is a definite starting quarterback. However, the management of the Bills don't think they've seen that. And I think they're going to get a really good taste when they see how good he looks without the win, but how good he's going to look against a really good defense. Well, it's a very good pass rush. I'm not sure all areas of the defense are like truly top level. I think their pass rush is excellent. Uh, I think they'll look to the Bills will look to run Lashawn McCoy a lot to help take some of that pressure off uh, Tyrod. Yeah. But Tyrod can use his legs as well. He's probably the best running quarterback in the league right oh, now. Oh yeah, I'd say so. I am taking the Falcons. So are 95% of people. Who are you taking, Ross? Yep, Falcons. Okay, now we come to the game that really has me excited. The games that I look forward to every single year. It's Pittsburgh travelling to Baltimore to face the Ravens. This should be a fantastic game. I can't wait. Yep, it's going to be 17-14, but who's going to get 17 and who's going to put 14? That's I don't it. know. It's the same game almost every single year. The game on uh, Christmas Day last season was probably the game of the season. Yeah. This is a bit of a weird one in terms of the situation. The Ravens have just come off an absolute beating in London, <sighs> yeah. and the Steelers managed to drop one to the Bears. So neither team comes into this in great form, but in their last 16 games coming off a loss, Ross, the Steelers are 12-4. and four. Yeah, the the Pittsburgh Steelers might feel like they should have been three and zero because oh Jesus, like absolutely should have been three and zero. What business we got losing to the Bears? Yeah, and but the Bears they they probably should have been a, a much bigger win if that guy had run, you know what's his name Cooper had actually scored that touchdown off the block kick. But 
Here we are, they're both 2-1. and one. The Ravens, they did not turn up for the game in London. They have said since the game that they never want to do it again, and it's total. it's been a disaster for them. They're wanting just to put a line in the sand and move on. And <laughs> What better way than a divisional win against your biggest rivals? Yeah, or is it the worst way, where you're now trying to wake everybody up after a disaster? <sighs> I don't know. Um... <clears throat> I feel like the the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this game because although Baltimore's defense looked like the best in the league, inverted commas, over the first two weeks, Blake Bortles killed them. Even if they're saying that they didn't turn up and it's a total anomaly, not, even anomalies can't be that bad when it's such a bad team beating such a a, a good offense, apparently, a good defense, apparently. So I, I just don't, I don't think... Baltimore's defense is good enough. I think it was being hyped up in the first two weeks, and we're a little bit right reality check now. Both offenses are complete opposite of each other. Uh, Steelers massively better in the passing game than the rush game at the moment. Don't know why Lev Bell hasn't been playing. Maybe he shouldn't have held out all camp. But passing yards per game, Ravens only 121 a game, which is really poor. Um, I, obviously, Steelers fan, taking the Steelers along with 74% of people, Ross. I'm taking the Steelers because I don't believe in the Ravens running game or the passing game. Okay, last game had me really excited, but this one's got me even more excited. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) this is amazing because this is two 0-3 0-3 teams. This is the 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals going to the 0-3 Cleveland Browns. Someone's going to win! There's going to be a win, I know. <laughs> this is crazy. going to be a win for one of these teams, but who? This is... It, it, these are the two worst teams in the league, apparently. I mean, along with the Giants, the Chargers, and... Uh, the Niners. The Niners. So... Oof, this is <laughs> so we're talking about winlessness and who is going to be not winless and who is going to send their divisional rivals to 0 and 4. Oh, but the optimist in me wants to pick the Browns. I want to believe in the Browns. I like that Deshaun Kaiser's looked good. I think they're doing the right thing ultimately, trying to build. Yep. But they're the Browns and. It's just, no matter how hard I try it, I can't help but feel like they'll do a brownsy thing and lose to the Bengals, and then, you know, the pressure is starting to mount on Hugh Jackson. I know you say it's not, but I think it is. The Bengals had a very... They took the Green Bay Packers to overtime last week. So they've got a lot to feel good about, especially in Lambeau Field as well. So they're feeling, although they had a loss, and it was an overtime loss, they're feeling like they've got talent and that they can push them. So... I tell you what you wouldn't necessarily expect is that coming into this game, the Browns are averaging a touchdown more per game than the yeah, Bengals. Yeah, because the Bengals had no touchdowns in the first week right, and a half. Like, or oh, is it two weeks? First two weeks, no yeah. touchdowns. Now, you say that like we act like the Green Bay game is suddenly like back to normal script for the Bengals, but I don't. I think the normal script is probably close to what happened in... Weeks one and two. What? So they, the... But AJ Green, I mean, like he yeah, was so over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Right, great. That's what we know. That's what we've seen for years. Yeah, but I, I'm not saying that they're gonna score a load of points against this Browns defense. I mean, okay, look, the Colts absolutely destroyed the Browns last week, which isn't a great advertisement. And the Bengals just played the Packers close. So conventional wisdom, you would say the Bengals. But sometimes Ross, heart rules head, heart always wins. I'm going the Browns. All right, well, I'm just, I was going to take them, but I'm just going to switch it over now and take the Bengals because, really, I mean, this is a total pick em. These are the, These are two winless teams. Pick them. doesn't really matter. I'm picking the Bengals. Speaking of winless teams, Ross. 
Yeah, the New York Giants travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this is a I put, puts me in a real quandary because oh, I, this is the worst game for you, isn't it? Yeah, because I've been bigging up the the Bucks uh, after watching Hard Knocks and seeing how great and but I was bigging them up before Hard Knocks as well. You know, I love the move for Deshaun Jackson. I love Jameis Winston. Right. So, so either the Bucks confirm your hype and your belief and go to 2-1, and one, pushing the, your beloved New York Giants to 0-4, or the Giants get off the schneid, they get a win, and the Buccaneers are 1-2. I know, but the, <laughs> yeah, it just really doesn't look good for me either way. But I'm going to pick my New York Giants because I look at life through rose-tinted glasses. I want to root for something. I'm not going to pick the... the Is that uh, like your rose-tinted cycling shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pick the Buccaneers and then root for the Buccaneers to beat my Giants. No way, man. I, I pick things... And this is how I play fantasy as well. I take players that I want to root for. And this is a team I want to root for because it's the team I always root for. The New York Giants for the win. Odell Beckham back to his best after two touchdowns. Sterling Shepard should have had two touchdowns and had a massive breakout 100-odd-yard game. We're going to see a little bit more of those guys. Uh, Brandon Marshall, unfortunately, looks like he's nothing. Uh, Evan Engram, he, you know, maybe he's going to get the, the start that we need him to get. And our running game could finally be confirmed. The Buccaneers have given up 40-plus uh, yard plays in both games that they've played this year. So that's something to look forward to. You know, maybe we can get some big chunk plays on them. I like you're going to need it because you're not going to run against Gerald McCoy and Co. are you? Because that defensive oh, line yeah. should dominate your... Well, anyone could dominate your offensive line, but really, that's a mismatch, isn't it? Right yeah. there. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. The Gerald McCoy has been really good in his two games, and I don't see the the Giants' O line, those you know, Eric Flowers stopping him anytime soon. The defense for the Giants is still a good defense. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's been made to look worse than it really is because the offense has been inept, so it's been on the field for so long. But I think it'll be interesting to see how Jameis and Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, can perform against the New York secondary, which has been, you know, I still one of the best, probably top five in the league. Yeah, this is the acid test for the box. If you can go past the winless Giants and their awesome defense, then uh, yeah. I won't surprise anyone. I'm picking the box. <laughs> And to Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals are hosting divisional rivals, the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's team are coming in winless, but beginning to look like they've got some signs of life. They went close in their uh, second game against the Seattle Seahawks, and they went even closer last week on Thursday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams. They're looking at that Carolina defeat in week one where they only, where they're held to adjust a field goal is way in the rear view mirror now and that they can move forward and hopefully get a win on the road at Division Rivals right. Arizona. So this in the last two games, the 49ers have lost by a combined five points. Mm. Like it doesn't take much for them yeah, to but, be two and one right yeah, now. But those two... Which is just incredible because you just I just don't think that, that I think I don't know, I think yeah, the those... scorelines flatter them. Those two games with a combined five points are a really low scoring nine and twelve and a really high scoring forty one thirty nine. That's just too wild to say. I mean, when we were going into the last game, they'd only scored twelve points in total, and we thought, well, they've got no chance of getting anything. Boom, thirty nine points on the board, three times more than they'd scored all season. This is okay. What about the Cardinals then? So the Cardinals lose a close one in Detroit in week <sighs> one, then they win a close one against Indianapolis, and then ultimately got... They dominated the first half 
against Dallas, but then ultimately fell apart in the second. Yeah, they shrank away, so... and Larry Fitzgerald's amazing catches, uh, they just weren't enough, but... We were looking like we were seeing a lot from J.J. Nelson a couple of weeks ago. Larry Fitzgerald's looking good. The running game is starting to get... It's, Chris it, Johnson, of all people, is looking decent in yeah. the backfield. So, yeah, that's looking okay there, Arizona. Let's see what you can do against a, what's, on paper, a bad 49ers team. I'm, gonna, well, I'm just going to take who you don't, Nick, because I can see arguments either way. Really? I can only see one winner. You see Arizona? I see Arizona all the way. So did 90% of the general public, by I the way. I feel like because they went close in Seattle and because they were close with uh, at home to Los Angeles in a big scoring game, I feel like Carlos Hyde's ability to run is... Oof, and the way that Kyle Shanahan can get so those open uh, open fields this for is players their like third, to run in. This is their third straight divisional game. Oh, so it is. They'll be 0-3 inside the division if they lose this one. I mean, not that anyone expected anything from them anyway, but still to go 0-3 inside the division within your first month of the season, that's a disaster start. Yeah, I'm getting the 49ers. And we're talking winless team after winless team after winless team. It is now the turn of the Los Angeles Chargers, and they are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Los oh. Angeles Chargers, they lost oh, close games in the first two when they were, you know, it was field goal problems against Denver and Miami, but when they went against Kansas City, oh, it was a good night really, wasn't it? Yeah, and the Eagles have just come off a dramatic field goal win, 61-yard field goal to win the game last week against the Giants, yep. so surely this game script's already been, wi- been written, it'll go backwards and forwards, the Chargers will probably have a lead late. Something will go wrong, Carson Wentz will capitalise, get them to field goal range, and they'll kick a field goal, then Philip Rivers will just have enough time to get the the, uh, charges into field goal range, and then it'll all go tits up again. I'm trying to think of reasons why that won't be the case. I'm trying to think of reasons why we can see there there being a Chargers win. Because, yeah, all (laughs) logic says Eagles. But I'm trying to create a narrative here. Perhaps that the Chargers' offense becomes what it really should be when you've got the receiving weapons of Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry as the tight ends. Melvin Gordon's still questionable with the knee injury that forced him to leave the game against the Chiefs. Believe it or not, I wouldn't have expected to be saying this coming into the season, given how we expected Melvin Gordon to be, but the Eagles are far outrushing the Chargers per game. Yeah, but they don't a difference have difference of fifty yards per game in rushing with Legarrette Blunt. Not you know he da- he didn't run last week though, did he? he didn't really. I don't yeah, think he had a carries against the Giants. Darren right. Sproles out with the is it an ACL and a broken arm on yep. the same play? He's That's gone. really unfortunate for Darren Sproles, and he will be missed big time. Yeah, he's, by the Eagles. He, he's gone for the season. Maybe that's the end of his career. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, I think he was carrying a nick as well in the the backfield for the Eagles. But yeah, the Eagles backfield doesn't look very healthy, and when it's the Chargers defense of Melvin Ingram, oof. He's pretty good, man. And, and Joey Bosa. Oh, Joey Bosa as well. We've not really seen much of him, oh. but we know he's got talent. You know, you know what will be exciting is watching Carson Wentz somehow perform magic to escape a Joey Bosa sack. I could just, you can just see that happening, can't you? You know, Bosa's having a great game, blows up, coming straight for Wentz. Wentz avoids it, throws a bomb downfield. I am taking the Eagles because I just can't trust the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers at home because I think that this is the week that things become right for them. <laughs> Now, Ross, is this the game of the week? I think it is. Absolutely. This is the Denver Broncos hosting the Oakland Raiders. Wow. 
They are two teams that, ooh, the Raiders, ugh, I thought they were both going to win their games last week. After two weeks, they both look like the two of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> weird. They both come off the same sort of situation where they both lost road games last week after looking so great in the first two weeks. I still think that ultimately they're two of the best teams in the AFC as you already talked about. Oh yeah. I think that all games between the Chiefs, Broncos and Raiders in the AFC West this season will be good, exciting games. I think it's you know six games to really look forward to and I think this will hopefully be the one that kicks it off on the right foot with an absolute cracker. Yep, uh, Trevor Simeon didn't look as great last week though with the Broncos. He was held and had two picks and no touchdowns. But I mean, what, the Raiders' defense the Raiders hasn't been heralded great, as the it? best. No, uh, so there was a chance that he could get a little bit more. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you could expect uh, Trevor to play well. I would say that Derek Carr coming off again. You know, we talked about the Ravens not turning up. I feel like the Raiders just didn't bother to turn up in. Washington. Well, Washington ran all over the Raiders. Is the running team here going to be, well, the running champions of this game going to be the Denver Broncos? Because CJ Anderson has looked really healthy. Jamal Charles, he had some good carries in the last game. And right. the offensive line, I've been banging right. all season. So Right, okay. So the Raiders are allowing nearly twice as many yards on the ground as the Broncos rushing defence. Yeesh. Not to mention the fact that they've been outrushing them as well with the combination of, as you said, Jamal Charles looking great, CJ Anderson's probably looking good, the O-line's open up holes, that's got to be a stretch. I I can't, I really have no, I have literally no idea who to pick in this game. Well, it game. seems all we've done though here is pick is big up the Broncos. Yeah. And we've only got a few seconds left of this game, Nick. But you've got Mike Crabtree, you know, the great number two receiver, you've got Amari Cooper, fantastic number one, Marshall Lynch, Derek Carr, but it's in mile high and I'm going to go with the Broncos because it's home field right well in which case it's a pick and I'm going to take the Raiders does it get any less creepy when you do that <laughs> Al and Chris are in for a treat as we all are as the Colts travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football yeah this is a dull Sunday Night Football game if you're listening in the UK I'd say go to bed after Red Zone and Maybe watch the game in 40 would, in the morning. I would recommend that every week, no matter who was on, because I just can't stay up till 4am, I'm just not doing it. But this is, oh, I don't know but, if this is even worth gaming 40. Surely, surely the Seahawks have got this. Right, I'm going to try and think of arguments against that. So, uh, Jacoby Brissett ran for two and threw for two. Yeah. He, he looked pretty sweet. Against the Browns. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks O-line is atrocious. It's absolutely terrible. The but, defense looked a little bit all over the shop but last week. But it's not like the Colts defense has got any vaunted pass rush, is it? I know, but I'm trying to come up with these arguments for the Colts here, uh, for our friends Tom and Anna. Uh, they're both Colts fans, and they will want to hear some compliments when their team is sitting one and two with very little hope of anything this season. But then the Seahawks are sitting there one and two as well, and I think they've got a little bit more hope. Haven't haven't we seen this game in the last few seasons before? Seahawks start slow out the gate, maybe drop a game you didn't expect, and then they get the Colts or someone who comes to town, they blow them out, and the, the train starts rolling, and before you know it, the Seahawks are, you know, 10-6 and six and back to the playoffs. Who's going to be running the ball for the Seahawks? 
I would guess Chris Carson, based on the amount of touches we've seen over the past few weeks, I would yeah. not expect to see CJ Process get much of the load. And do we even know if Thomas Rawls is going to get the ball? I know Thomas Rawls has been gone. Uh, I know he had injury problems coming into the season, but at this point when he's been active and dressed on the sidelines and even getting carries, I feel like if he was going to be the number one back by this point, he'd be there. So, yeah, I'd say that Chris Carson looks like their, their best option at running back now. Frank Gore, I think he's going to be still solid with the Colts. Um, but unfortunately, Frank, it's not going to be enough to let me pick you. <laughs> you I, uh, you've tried so hard in the I last have, like, two minutes to talk yourself into this, but you know that you can't do anything but pick the Seahawks. Believe it or not, only 93% of people agree. Uh, 7% of yeah, people are I, mad enough to pick the Colts on the road. There's a slim chance there, but there's a chance nonetheless. And we finish with Monday Night Football, where the Kansas City Chiefs host the Washington team and they are that's their second the Washington team yeah they that's their second primetime game in two weeks and this time they get to go against the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs oof I have been loving as has everybody loving watching Kareem Hunt the rookie running back in Kansas City play for the first three weeks I'm looking forward to seeing him again and Washington were running the ball extremely well the past two weeks as well. So you were saying that they might be the best running team in the league, but here we go. Yeah, okay, so having looked at the stats, I might just line that comment back in. While the Redskins are rushing for a very healthy 136 yards per game, the Chiefs are a full 30 yards ahead, 162. I mean, a lot of that is Kareem Hunt. You know what, though? The Washington, they, they, they ran the ball really well, against Oakland and they ran the ball really well against the Rams they didn't do it very well against the Eagles because we know the Eagles are very difficult to run the ball against yeah got a great point seven when we're saying that the yards per game is a 30 difference well we're only over three games and one of them was impossible to run against so the running games are probably about about a tie yeah no no I've got to go sorry I've got to go Kareem Hunt I just I think he's I the say, better running back, the, but I think the running game is better with Washington. Because the Redskins not getting, have got a better line, I think. Yeah, because they're not... They, Kareem Hunt and the Kansas City Chiefs are getting a lot of big, big chunk, chunk plays. plays yeah. yeah, where it's, as soon as he gets a crease, he runs for 60-yard touchdowns, whereas Washington are steady, steady, steady yes. establishing <clears> a run game and opening up their wide receivers who can't catch the balls that Kirk Cousins throws them. Coming into this game, the Redskins actually have a better defence overall in basically every category except points per game, which is kind of an important one. There's only a point difference. But overall yardage, you know, rushing, passing yardage, the Redskins have been better. Now, have they played played the same quality of opponent? Perhaps not. Here's the one interesting thing. Both teams have a common opponent. So the Kansas City Chiefs beat Philadelphia 27-20, Whereas Washington lost thirty to seventeen. All right. So taking that as a guideline, I've got to give the edge here to the Chiefs. They, in the common oh, opponent, yeah. they the the Chiefs were much better, and in fact, ninety two percent of people agree. I'm taking the Chiefs as well, especially for the run game and the defense. Justin Houston, yeah. <laughs> Once again, we got through all, Ross. Hey! Oh, it's a good slate, and it's going to be. We're going to be wrong on some of those, right? Well, hopefully with you picking one of them and me picking the other one, 
But at least one of us should be right most of the time. I, but um, my point being that there is some games that are close. Things like Los Angeles uh, and Dallas and Cincinnati and there Cleveland. There are so many Pittsburgh, good games. Baltimore and uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. There, these are a lot of games that are real pickums. So look forward I'm, to this week, everybody. I'm going to be really annoyed if this isn't an absolutely fantastic week of games because it's set up so well. So many intriguing storylines. So many teams are 2-1, and 1-2, one, one and, and we're going to find out, and they, you know, they're playing each other. We're going to find out this week which ones are for real, which ones aren't. Hey, it's that paperboy with the Monday morning headlines. Oh, here we go. We've got the headlines. These are the papers from the future telling us exactly what happens on Sunday and Monday night. And I have here the first headline, and it reads, Bolts shock with late game-winning field goal. Another headline here, Odell Barkham Jr. makes another appearance. I've got Dak sacked, Zeke weak, Gurley scores early, and Goff off to the races. Oh, wow. Well, I've got, how about them Dak boys? Oh, so your paper reads the same as mine a little bit. Well, well the opposite. No, the opposite. Oh, wow. Have we, got different, have we got conflicting newspapers here? Oh, wow, that's unusual. This is going to be interesting to see which of these uh, future newspapers is right. Yeah. So, you, so your bit says a little bit more about Dax boys being really good. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, Odell Barkham is going to make another appearance, another one of Odell Beckham's increasingly annoying gimmick celebrations, like the kicking net, we may remember. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, well, now it's the dog. There's quite a few episodes. Now now it's the dog. Oh, I hear that kicking net's got a book coming out soon as well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I thought that was interesting to see the Bolts shock win with a late game-winning field goal after the Bolts, after the the Chargers have been so bad with game-winning field goals, they go in and beat the Eagles who had a great game-winning field goal last week. This is crazy. Surely that's a misprint. You've misread that. Uh, no, it's saying that the Bolts shock. Well, there you go. Yeah. And the other one with Dak sacked. Zeke weak. Gurley scores early. There's lots of rhyme here, in case you haven't seen. And Goff off to the races. Looks like a big win for LA. I didn't know the sun covered American football so closely. Yeah, well, <laughs> bad headlines. Yeah. Isn't always bad writing. <laughs> Speaking of bad writing, and uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Ross White W I G H T, and you can find me on Twitter at a badly chosen Twitter handle of Nick XK eighty nine. And we're on Twitter at G underscore four underscore two. We're going to look forward to speaking to you after week four, looking at how things went and peeking over to week five. So enjoy it, guys. See you soon. Bye.